Hey everybody, welcome back to Project Unoya. I have my really good friend here with me today, Jayden Gilbert. Say hi. Hi everyone. So today we actually want to talk about careers and why it's so important to us in our modern day because I feel like with our age especially, it's super important to talk about. There's not a lot of us really trying to pursue a lot of the things that we want to do. Maybe because we're too afraid, too anxious about starting new things or journeys that we can prepare ourselves for. So I felt like it was really awesome to have Dre here with me today because I've seen his journey and um, his experiences through social media and seeing what he's done on a daily basis is uh, awesome. So I really wanted to bring him on. So it'll be fun. Well, thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely am really excited to come on to the podcast here because careers play a huge effect, especially in our day and age, uh, knowing how all of our intricate stories are individual, but then how they can kind of intertwine and they guide us to where we want to go in the future. So definitely super excited about today's topic. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Drake does. And then we'll kind of go over a little bit more stuff and a little more detail. We're just going to have a conversation about careers and um, why it's so important to us. So uh, Dre, I'll let you take that on. I'll get you to introduce yourself, talk about what you do. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you for the sweet introduction, Inez. That's so awesome. <laughs> um, so my name is Dre. For those I haven't met, full name is Drayton. Dre works totally fine. I'm a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer. Uh, prior to working in the fitness realm, which I've been in, in about four to five years now, I worked in upper retail management at a corporate level and also at a store level, primarily within the luxury goods market, working with a lot of luxury cosmetic brands uh, and doing a lot of really great learning and development events through those companies as well. So I have a background sales, retail management, client management, uh, staff retention and training management, and um, more recently, making people sweat. <laughs> That's awesome. You did so much. And um, I've seen like throughout the years, I've only was able to see you through social media because we don't really live in the same province. You're in Montreal right now. And I'm in Alberta. So a lot of time you did move from BC and you moved... Um, certain places. So I didn't really get to see much of that in person, but it's really nice to see your journey online and see how far you've come. Cause it's like such an inspiration, especially to me personally, I've honestly done like sales and stuff for years and years. And I've never really known what I wanted to do because when we graduated from school, that was one thing that personally, I wasn't really prepared for because I didn't really know what I wanted to do after we graduated. And that's usually something they kind of try to prepare you, be like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always said I wanted to be a ballerina <laughs> and I wanted to, okay. right? Nothing bad about that, but nothing about an actual career that's going to really make you money and give you that financial freedom, I guess, because I don't know about you, Dre, but for me, I was just moving a job and workplaces literally less than a year. So I would barely last a year because I would get so bored of where I was every time I would work somewhere. And 
I just wanted to try new things and see what I liked. But it was just so difficult for me to realize what kind of opportunities there are in the world because not a lot of people realize that there's so many opportunities that we can really hold on to and work at because there's so many jobs out there that we don't know about right so I don't know if you found uh working out you probably didn't even know you wanted to do that Honestly, yeah, no, your my story is extremely similar to yours. Of course, we've known each other since literally junior high. For those who are not from Alberta, fun fact, junior high is not a thing anywhere else in Canada. Did you know that? Oh, what? No, way. it's not. There's no junior high in BC. There's no junior high in Quebec. They go straight from elementary to high school and it's from grade seven to 12, which is crazy to me. Could you imagine though? Whoa, oh, we live in a whole different world. <laughs> A whole different world. Um, But yeah, so sorry about that. I just had to share that because it was a fun fact that I only found out since I've moved uh, interprovincially. It's been really, really fun. (laughs) Um, But honestly, yeah, no, I agree with your perspective a thousand percent in as, especially where school kind of, usually it's supposed to support you into where you want to go in adulthood. But for me and for yourself, school never really shaped us professionally. I'm going to be honest. Neither of us really knew what we wanted to do in grade seven, especially myself. Um, I actually, initially pursued a career that I thought was going to be matched long-term from school, actually. So in sewing class in grade seven is actually when I realized I had a love for fashion. So I went into the fashion industry as a junior booking director with iModel Management. And then from there, I went more into the cosmetic industry where I did makeup artistry, luxury cosmetic sales, and perfume sales. And from there, I was like, okay, cool. This is what I'm into. This is what I'm going to do forever. But then I reached a point where my personal life started to pivot and I had different priorities on my mindset and in my future. And that's kind of where I fell in love with fitness. So I had no idea that me, the most unfit person in junior high and as a child would ever become a personal trainer. Um, But that's where passion and creativity and galvanizing yourself for the future really makes an effect of where we go. A hundred percent. Like you don't really realize a lot of what you end up doing in the future was really something that uh, affected you when you were younger. Because I know when I started doing uh, this podcast, I was always the type of person that was, I was a good listener and um, I didn't really talk much when I was young and I was just super quiet, if you remember. And I just always like to listen to people and hear their stories. And I would always write and I never really thought about that having to do anything with how I would grow into with my future career. Um, But now that I see it, I'm like, holy cow, like this took me so long to really realize what I wanted to do. And now I'm really doing something that I'm kind of good at I think and I love doing with all my heart so I'm just so happy but it does take a long time and that's why I want to bring up age is because a lot of people really don't realize it's it's never too late to find what you want to do and even though if you're our age where I'm turning 26 this month as well as Dre I mean July 26 as well (laughs) yeah but for us, even though we've started just recently in the past few years, there's people who are starting out when they're in their 40s and their 50s. And sometimes 
for us, uh, just seeing younger kids, I know on TikTok making millions of dollars and they're only like 18, 19, you know, that shouldn't really hinder you no matter what age you are. You can do whatever you want. Um, as long as you really understand what you want to do and uh, follow your heart and what you like to do, right? So I don't know, do you have TikTok? <laughs> I don't have TikTok, no. I'm kind of personally anti-TikTok, as you both know. It just isn't a platform I personally resonate with. And uh, I'm not really there for all like the tad bit bites of content. I prefer to make more substantial content, things that hold value. Uh, personally speaking, not devaluing TikTok at all. It's just not my best. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Um, honestly, there's so many platforms out there that we can use to our advantage. And even though me and Dre don't associate with TikTok, um, we associate more with Instagram or Facebook or other stuff that'll really help bring out our business and help bring out our personal identities. Because even though, let's say, you're at an older age, you don't even know anything about the internet. Like we're lucky that we we know anything about the internet, <laughs> right? So yeah, definitely. <laughs> grown up in the age where we really know what uh, before the internet happened, and we're growing into the age where we understand what's going to happen next. So, I feel like we're super lucky to be a part of this generation. Um, and I'm so glad that I have Dre here talking about it because I feel like you're one of the biggest, I said this before, but biggest inspirations of mine because of how far along you've come um, from where you were before, right? So let's... Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, what do you think about uh, age in the industry? Because my mom recently just started going to school so I thought that was like crazy and I that like gave that's so badass that's so great of your mom <laughs> right that, that was like oh my gosh if my mom can do that like I'm I can do anything you know exactly yeah definitely so I commend your mom for taking that step because as an adult especially a lot of people think when we get older we get to the latter end of our years the way I like to think of age age is literally just a construct it's a matter of the time that my physical body has been on this world for and I personally have never let age affect how I'm perceived ever I started working full-time since I was the age of 16 actually 14 was my first job part-time with school um, and actually left to work full-time at the age of 16 through till 25 so about 11 how many years of that oh my god 11 years of just straight work which is crazy <laughs> um and especially being a young manager working in the retail industry I used to have to work with people almost double triple my age and I would often get perceived as like the young naive manager but the way I approach it is age is not a number it's, it's simply the amount of time you've been on this earth for and you can do anything with it age is a matter of maturity it's a matter of outer perspective it's a matter of understanding how to work with people and if you can build those skill sets socially and professionally there's honestly nothing stopping you I worked as um, a key holder in like a retail industry 
degree for a while. And then as soon as I hit 18, the legal age of becoming a manager, I got approved to be an assistant manager right away. Uh, I was ma- managing a $3 million, multi-million dollar store in uh, Balzac in Cross Iron Mills at the age of 18. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh, and then from there, like I transitioned more into upper management. I actually worked into becoming store manager, general manager. And then from there, I continued growing and I actually created a position for myself at the age of 19 with uh, a cosmetic company. I worked with the Fairmont Banff Springs and Chateau Lake Louise, where we opened two stores. I managed both of them. Plus, I also traveled all over Alberta and BC doing learning and development events. And that was by the age of 19 max. (laughs) So I was flying all over Canada and I was also flying all over the States as well for conferences and everything like that at the age of 18, 19. So that is just a staple of proving that you can do anything at any age. I speak to my youth because of that's my, that's my reference point, but the older we get, the same rules still apply. It is never too late or too soon to do anything, no matter what you do. If you want to do that for your course and you don't do it, Four years is still going to go by regardless. So you might as well put the energy in, really focus where you want to go. As I always say, where your energy goes, your focus flows. So just get a goal, make a plan. You're good to go, baby. I love that. I want to ask you, um, because you've done so many incredible things, because I've never really managed my own store, but how did you get into that, like, Oh my gosh, it's definitely skill for sure. But understanding who you are and knowing where you want to go, that's a completely different thing because sometimes it, me personally, I didn't really discover myself until I I would say like 2 years ago, if that's fair. Um but how how did you do that? How did you allow yourself to really um exceed in all these goals that you put forth. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I wouldn't say I succeed at all my goals for sure. As any human, I have hiccups here and there, but thank you. (laughs) Um, I would say the biggest thing is understanding that our personal relationships with ourselves interpersonally in an internal and an external environment, those are things that we can cultivate and create from a very, very young age, age of 14. I remember looking at my external environment and thinking, this isn't what I want. This isn't where I want to be. This is not where I see myself growing and cultivating my future. So from that alone, I was able to galvanize myself and create like a sense of urgency to create a call to action. So being quite young, for me personally, it was to cultivate a life that I was not only going to be happy with, but content and being able to celebrate. Um, That's where a lot of my own personal drive comes from is self-satisfaction. To be honest, it's quite narcissistic. It's quite greedy, but it's true because if you can't do it for yourself, who's going to do it? Like literally no Nobody. <laughs> so holding yourself accountable, celebrating your small wins, and also acknowledging your failures because fail is not fail. It's first attempt in learning. Super simple. You got to take what you can. And it's a really great way to kind of keep motivation. For myself, motivation is a very obscure concept because <laughs> when you think of motivation generally everyone thinks of like the classic like just do it like 12 out of 10 motivation good vibes only like all of that and that's great like totally there for that um but the way i look at motivation is finding motivation in everything whether it's a small interaction in a retail setting uh helping a client find exactly what they needed or bonding with your coworkers and establishing that sense of camaraderie or simply leading your team by example there's a lot of different ways to pull and cultivate motivation and that's personally how i manage my own 
I see you doing that a lot, especially with what you're doing right now. Um, I always open up your stories. You're like, oh, let's go. You could, you could do this. You got this. It's amazing. Um, all that energy and all that um, empowerment that you bring forth. Holy cow. It's really hard, especially, I would say, internally, because sometimes the careers that we have don't always bring us joy and um, encouragement in ourselves. So the fact that you kind of push all of that stuff away just for a little bit and you allow yourself to be more positive, bring those good vibes only, that's insane. And that's why you're here today, like where you are right now. That's something that you've brought from when you were younger because I know you were a hundred percent like that when we were in junior high yeah <laughs> I was always, always a fireball like I've always been so crazy <laughs> <laughs> you were always like my little my cheerleader you know you always brought that out of me and you always made me feel confident in myself um I know you a hundred percent made me go buy like red jeans and those black and white striped prison pants. I remember yep. those ones. And oh my gosh, it's, I am just so proud of you. I am speechless of how far you've come, honestly. You've done so good. Thank you. It really means a lot, honestly. Yeah. Like for myself growing up and creating a life that I was very proud of and not only just proud of that I could be contented. That was a huge thing for me. Not necessarily just thinking like, okay, I need to do the best things for myself here and there, but to be able to lie my head down every night and be content with where I am and where I'm going, that's the biggest thing for me. And so I really appreciate hearing your opinion from an external perspective. And you're literally one of my oldest friends ever, which is crazy. Uh, and we met each other at such like a pivotal time in our life. So we met each other when like I was the yin, you were the yang, I was the loud, you were the quiet. And we really supported and nurtured each other through those periods of development. And that's honestly something I hold really close to my heart is interpersonal relationships and interpersonal relationships from friendships, romantic, platonic, whatever type of relationship it is, you can pull from those things. And that's why pulling it into the workplace is a huge thing. Work isn't necessarily just the job you're doing, but it's the environment you create. It's the product you're selling and it's the end goal of your mission. For me, I always say, don't ever get attached to a position or a place, always get attached to the mission. So for me working in retail, my mission was to create the best customer experience. If I go to a retail store, I was a total D-bed because I expect the most. <laughs> I walk in and I'm like, no one's greeting me in less than 10 seconds. Da -da 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 -da. Their back stock is in stock, X, Y, and Z. So like, it's a matter of cultivating those things and providing them because then that's going to give you more, uh, more just attachment to what you're doing. A hundred percent. And one thing I realized, because I also started working when I was super young, um, my first job was Cineplex. I always felt like, holy cow, the relationships that you build over time with every career that you have, that really goes a long way with who you become as a person, how you end up taking those skill sets that you learn from other people and using it towards your future self and how you decide to really express yourself with your future careers and what you like to do. Because I know when I would work with all these new people and um, I would take everything that they had and just, you know, mold that into me and just put my little 
tinkle in it. And uh, that's how I became how I am today. You know, we learn from so many people around us. And as an example, like Dre, he made me feel super confident when I was younger. And that allowed me to really express myself. And that's why I would always wear like the most odd things to school. It was insane. But, you know, the person who really allowed me to be like that and allowed me to express myself was definitely Dre. And we can take a look at that and see all these different types of people that affected us in our lives, whether big or small, you know, take what you can because everyone has something that you can learn from. You know, that's something that I've always allowed myself to really indulge in because everyone or other people's skill sets are something that I really want to um, consume myself in. There's so much to learn, so much to do. There are careers like left, right and center that you can take a hold of. For me, I've been working in mobility for about eight years now and Honestly, that's been something that I thought that I was going to take long term, you know, work in head office, have a nine to five job. But I kept applying to those things within the company and I never once got a yes. I was rejected all the time. And that's something that I always thought that, oh my gosh, I'm probably just not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was just always taking that out on myself. But the thing is, is I'm also going up against 20 million other people who have those skill sets that I don't have. But taking a look back, those jobs that I applied for, those positions that I dreamt about having, it's kind of like a lucky charm of mine that I didn't really get them because now I'm like super happy that I don't have to sit at a desk and work nine to five. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I feel like when we graduate, that's a lot of the time people just say, I want like a nine to five job and just work at a desk. And that's what I was really working for my whole life is to get that. And until recently, I'm like, okay, these signs, all these rejections that I'm getting, oh my gosh, it's, I'm lucky to really understand myself more, understand why I got rejected. You know, failure is a success. You know, everything that you do on a regular day, take that into consideration. You know, you have to give yourself more credit, I feel, you know, I I don't know. I think when you get rejected, constantly it really brings you down as a human being but that should be something that really brings you up and taking that as a learning lesson to just figure out more about yourself learn more about yourself learn more about what you like to do because with Dre coming from being like super skinny and super thin I when I was in school I was the complete opposite and growing up you saw that as an advantage for yourself to become more happy and to become healthier. And you use that to your advantage and look at you now. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can totally understand everything that you said and all that's valid as well. I'd say the biggest thing professionally when we don't ideally go where we think we want to go, we definitely do take that personally because it may be a professional setting, but at the end of the day, you are a person in a professional setting. So it really just depends how we uh, manage our internal environments and especially when our external environments give us a no. I always like to say no just means next opportunity. All right, going on to the next one. So that's super simple. Speaking to personality types, I don't know if you've ever done like the 16 personality types or like the formal personality types quizzes before. Have you ever done them? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I am an ENJF personality type, which means I'm an emotional like based person. So I make a lot of my decisions emotionally. And one of my cons of my personality type, a general con, is uh, I resistant to feedback and also um, like, what is it called? Resistance to feedback and also resistance to rejection. So that is a huge thing I personally have dealt with as well, too. I would say the biggest thing to remember when our external environments are not going the way we want to, or if it's things beyond our control, like a lockdown or something crazy, it's the gravity of the situation. Gravity is this invisible force that we can never change. We have to accept it for what it is. And the only thing we have control of is how we react and respond. So that's managing our internal environments. So that's something that I really want everyone to take into their professional practice is remembering to manage your internal to uh, managing your internal to work with your external environments because our thoughts drive our actions and our actions drive our results and our results get us where we want to go <laughs> so that being said take it personal but don't take it personally personally I don't speak English I went to Fox <laughs> So the thing is, we're all like human, right? And that's one thing that not a lot of uh, a lot of us understand is, no matter who you're meeting, let's say the interviewer, um, they're also just a human being, and they're just trying to do their job, just asking you questions. <laughs> and when you go into that space um, where you're doing the interview, you just feel so anxious, so nervous because you don't know if what you're doing is right or wrong. But the thing is, is if they're really looking at you, um, how you express yourself and how you approach things. The thing is, is when you're yourself, it's the easiest. But I know, and it's so hard to say that because when we first meet somebody and it's a formal interview, it's so hard to be ourselves because we're constantly trying to be somebody that they want. Um, and when you do that, a lot of the time, it it's a negative outcome and we'll definitely take that in a negative or it impacts us in a negative way. I know I would always like cry and fall whenever I didn't get what I wanted. Um, but you know, that's just life. That's human life. And understanding that, yo, that person or that company that you're wanting to go into already act as if you're hired, act as if they're your friend, yep. act as if you're already coworkers. Because when you do that, it's so much easier to really be yourself and express yourself in a way that not only that you want, but that's what the company would really want, right? They, they want um, ambitious uh, employees. They want outgoing people. But it's really hard to see that when we're really hiding ourselves away. And we don't really realize that until we finish the interview and we're like, oh my gosh, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. But 
you know, we can't always just wish for things. We have to really think about what we did and take it on to the next, right? So yeah, I agree with that as well, especially your point of interviews themselves. I always love doing interviews. Um, I don't know why. I just love talking and I love sharing like thoughts and I love to share perspective. Um, So interviews for me have always been like my strong suit. Uh, Having an like exerted uh, extroverted personality but an introverted mind I can turn it on in a second the same as you could when you work at Cineplex a customer comes up and you're like okay what do you want like you have to turn it on for me for a while I honestly turned it on forever I just left it on and it's just a way of living your life authentically and truly to yourself when you're interviewing with a person just remember as you said they're literally just a person they may have a title they may have a judgment or they may have a perspective that they're trying to get across but at the end of the day they put their pants on one leg at a time like everybody else like it's a really straightforward thing it's a cliche for a reason but inter- interviews are really great because you're just going to talk. You're just going to share your thoughts or perspective. And the best thing you can do is prepare yourself, not only interpersonally, but by reviewing career pages as well. Like with the company, you can really review the job listing and find the personal attributes you have. So with me in retail management, well, something I would always speak to is my personality type. I'm a natural leader. I love to support a community. I thrive by nurturing and developing people. And that's something I know I have in me no matter where I go. So every interview, that would be something I speak to. Those are my strong suits. It's really awesome because you want to do two things when you're in a professional environment. You want to do a comparison and a contrast. So for example, what I mean is, hey, my name is Dre. I think I'm applying for the position of podcast with Inaz. I think I'm a really great one because in comparison to everyone else, we have a really great friendship that dates back. And a contrast is, I know Inaz like the back of my hand. So it's a really great way to establish those two points. And that's something I would say for interviews, just compare and contrast from yourself to the other candidates and then really create some value for yourself as well too with your own attributes. Don't think like, oh, they're looking for someone outgoing. I need to be outgoing. If you're a little bit more timid, that's fine. If you can turn it on, even better. But approaching it authentically and truly to yourself will allow you to not only flourish truly to who you are, but it'll give you long-term sustainability in that position as well. Because if you're putting a face on and it's not your face for the interview, you're going to have to maintain that for the tenure of your career. And that's not sustainable at all. A hundred percent. That's You can take that into anything, honestly. And that's a really good example that Dre used uh, about the podcast is I got that a lot, especially with um, a lot of participants that want to be a part of the podcast, noticing this as the one person, because I've never been a hiring manager before. So this is my first time actually bringing people on and really doing this on my own. But the thing is, is me personally, I'm not looking for a certain type of person. I'm, well, it really depends, right? But I'm looking for someone who's really going to just have a conversation with me. That's really the simplest thing of it all. And when you look at it is when you are my friend, it should definitely be super easy to just come on here and just talk to me as if it's a normal conversation. And that's one thing that I always say is when we come and sit down together, it's just like how we're just relaxing and chilling together and we're just talking about our lives and um, what we want to do and what we want to accomplish that's really what I want uh, out of this podcast these conversations to be relaxed so when you take that into consideration for 
the future or a career that you want to be a part of. Just think of it as a relaxed place that you get to be at. And yeah, as Dre said, they put one leg in at a time whenever they wear pants. And hey, who knows? They probably spilled coffee on themselves that morning. Like everyone has mistakes. Everyone does things. And when you take into consideration that people make mistakes and not just you, um, that's really helpful, especially when you're meeting, like, I'm going to just say like a CEO of something. That person is not perfect. And it's so much easier realizing that when we're all humans and we're, we all make mistakes, everything in life just kind of becomes a little smoother when you become, when you get to talk to people and when you introduce yourself as a human being, because let's say, even if you did spill coffee on your shirt, you have no idea what happened to that other person in the morning. And even though they're coming up to you and be like, oh, hello, how are you? And (laughs) all that good stuff. You have no idea what, um, how their morning went. And all you're thinking about is, oh my gosh, I spilled coffee on my shirt. You know, um, all this, all this type of stuff just going on in your head. That's where you, bring that anxiety in and it kind of distracts you from the real picture, you know, just be yourself, allow yourself to have that open communication with people because being comfortable with who you are as a person, that's so much more important than acting out as somebody that you're not you know, in any type of situation. Because as Jay said, if you're going to be someone that you're not, you're going to be completely living that life for the rest of your career. Um, And if you do decide to change that out, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, like who is this person that I am? You know, it's so hard to understand who you are and to get to know yourself. It's, It's really easier said than done. But it's all about realizing that we're all the same. We're all like kin, if you want to say it that way. Um, and we all came from the same place. You know, we were all little molecules of Adam. And if we talk about it that way, we're literally all from the same place, CEO or not. If you're yeah. a janitor, you could be related to that CEO. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well, too. The biggest thing is remembering, like, Sonder, the philosophical term, is the sudden realization that every single person around you, whether you know them or not, whether it's a parent or not, so uh, that they have a life that's equally or if not more complex than your own. So the humility to hum- humanity is something a lot of people forget in the workplace because you think, okay, I need to be on my A-game, I need to hustle. That really ties into the concept of modern-day slavery as well. So understanding how to find value in your work, but also personally removing yourself because the way I've always looked at my workplaces and where I go is I may be doing a job, I may be doing a certain title, I may be doing a certain role, but at the end of the day, I'm doing it for me, my way. And because no matter what, like you always have to do things for yourself. So I would say the biggest thing is to really find out who you are as a person 
love it no matter what it is and accept that you're ever changing. So don't define yourself like, okay, I'm the positive outgoing person. Like I oftentimes am positive. I can be outgoing and allow yourself to have that humility as well too, especially in the professional workplace. Um, but yeah, definitely speaking on modern day slavery, like that's a concept that I've really shifted from. And I feel like, you know, has as well working in retail, you hear the amount of stories of people doing like, Oh, I'm doing 40, 60, 80 hours this week. Like good job. You fell into like the trap of capitalism and expectation of working for a minimum wage and exhausting yourself. Work is really weird because a lot of people, including myself in the past, have used work as my defining point. I've used that as almost a crutch in terms of my ability and where I'm going and what I really perceive myself as. Um, And when I left a lot of my roles in, in the past, when I was quite young, I felt avoid in a sense because I define myself as that guy or oh I'm that guy or I'm working with this brand and that's great that's awesome to find like morale uh finding like a an emotional attachment to your workplace but don't let that define what you do like ever because it's literally physically impossible to grind for like 80 100 hours a week because you're neglecting so much other aspects of your life and that's why cultivating and creating the abundance in your life professionally is really important that's why when i transitioned from the retail industry world into the fitness world i literally quit a job where i was making shy of $72,000 a year full out quit, no notice, no savings, nothing. And I pursued what I genuinely had a passion for. And honestly, I hate to say it because I love money and I love nice things, but I'm a lot happier. Like I'm genuinely happy and fulfilled. And that's something I want to stress to a lot of people. Of course, everyone has their necessities, of course, the financial demands and everything. But if you're not putting yourself in a position where you're really jeopardizing yourself, but you can allow yourself to flourish, do it hands down, you will not regret it. Meaning as our tokens, shining lights to all these moths of the true like work of choosing your passion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I saw this um, post on Instagram and it said, quitting is for winners. And honestly, that's so true if you think about it, because when you know when to stop, that's when you fully understand what you're what you actually like and what you're fully capable of because we've been through so many jobs, me and Dre. And I've also come from, I've like done housekeeping, everything, retail. And I just said myself, this is not me. This is not who I am. I can't just be cleaning after people my whole life, you know, cleaning condoms out of bed sheets like this is insane um not disrespecting anybody else who does it but I did that for many months end and it was just an experience that really took me back and I was like okay there has to be something out there for me that I can really do for myself make myself happy and I went back into working in mobility and till now I'm still doing it, but that's always something in the back of my mind where it's like, when do I need to know when to quit? When do I need to know when I need to stop doing this? Because as soon as I understand that I'm working too much, because modern day slavery is hundred percent real. We don't really understand or we don't really think about it much when we usually say, yeah, I've worked 50, 60 hours. But when you really think about it, all that time that you're taking to put into that job that really 
honestly doesn't really care much for you and you're easily replaceable no matter what, especially during these times, you're constantly being put pressure on and all this type of extra stuff that you really don't care for and it's affecting your mental health. That's when you really have to step back and understand that, is this what I need to keep doing? And if it is, what's my next step? If it isn't, again, what's my next step? It's always thinking of what you're going to do next. You really have to take into consideration that not all jobs are happy places. You know, if you get a job, it's great, but understand where your limit is. Because I'll kind of give you guys an example. Um, I was having panic attacks and constantly depressed at work. And even though I loved my job, I kept having these every day where they literally would send the ambulance to the store and they would have a bed for me. I'd be like, no, let's take you to the hospital. And I'm like, no, no, I just, I just need to go home. I don't know what's going on with myself. And I took like a month off break off of work. And I really took that into consideration where I was like, okay, what's going on with me where I'm just constantly stressing out. I'm constantly becoming depressed. You know, I don't want to go back into that cycle of where I was at years ago and who knows what'll happen to me. So you really have to understand where your limit is. If you're constantly working, you don't have time for yourself that's where you have to be like, okay, I need to step back, hang out with myself. You don't need to be constantly surrounded by people, you know, taking time off just to be on your own and reevaluating your life, your situation and your work job or your workplace. That's the number one thing that not a lot of people realize. And they just think, you know, I have to have a nine to five job. I have to work 50, 60 hours a a week even to make a living. But you have to understand where there's a limit to things. Work that 40, 30, 40 hours. You can still make the amount of money that you need and still spend time with yourself. And that's honestly where like saving money and all that type of stuff comes in. But yeah, it's there's so much that can come to affecting your mental health when it comes to constantly overworking yourself. Because I've overworked myself years. I'm like a complete workaholic. So coming from me, I think, and Dre, honestly, he's worked so much. You guys need to understand that there's a limit to things. There's um, a process to understand what you like to get out of life. Um, And I'm just glad that I honestly took that opportunity to just kind of say, I'm going to stop and I'm going to do what's best for myself, even though I'm going to be missing a work, a week off work. You know, there's benefits and stuff that you can apply for that'll help you. But stop thinking about the money because money doesn't It'll bring happiness, of course. Happiness is just a fleeting feeling, but at the same time, it's not going to last. And what's going to last is your mental health. And your mental health is what really kills you. So 
yeah, going on a rant, <laughs> just understand where you're going with life. That's uh, it's easier said than done, but understand your limits for sure. Definitely. I agree with all of that a thousand percent. And I appreciate you sharing that with me. Ines. It definitely is like a huge point of vulnerability and I validate that. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I definitely wanted to touch on what you said in terms of time versus like profit versus um, sorry, like reward versus like whatever you know what I mean like (laughs) uh, like effort versus reward that's what I was trying to say (laughs) um but the biggest thing to remember when it comes to time especially when you're doing something hourly or on salary based time is the most unrenewable resource in the world it is something that is consistently eating away at itself is not guaranteed in the future as well so using a, a realization of scarcity of time it is the most valuable resource you can do sitting down spending this time with Inaz I see get so much intense value in this that I'm happy to do this versus a job where you're only hustling to get a few bucks an hour when the boss is making triple, double, quadruple that amount. Uh, Elon, not Elon Musk. <laughs> What's the guy who owns Amazon? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Anyways, that was a joke. <laughs> oh yeah. Bill Gates, Microsoft. But anyways, you know what I mean? Like sacrificing your personal values for things, especially a monetary gain. Monetary gain is fleeting. It is not worth it. Honestly, I was in the same position as you, Inez, where I had to really step back from what I really valued my career. And I took a good three, six months off because I actually went through a full medical leave of absence. I personally had to apply um, for a leave of absence through my work due to having severe depression and anxiety in the workplace. And it wasn't necessarily linked to my workplace at all. My workplace was amazing. I loved what I did. The people I did were amazing. The company was great. It was simply how I was managing my own interpersonal uh, values in my workplace. I was defining myself by my sales. I was defining myself by my success, by my metrics, my KPIs in the retail world. (laughs) Um, And it kind of got toxic. It got to a point where if I didn't clear the store goal a day, I would personally take that on to me because I was the sole provider for that store. Not only one of them, but two of them, which is crazy. Um, And there was a point where I actually cultivated a team and dealt with myself and I had to take a leave of absence. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of backlash, like a lot from employees that I knew for years before that as friends that I hired and built their careers from the ground up um, that were resistant to me taking that step back for my mental health. And I don't regret doing that at all. It is so important to maintain um, a strong interpersonal value in a workplace because work is ever-changing. It's evolving. And the best thing you can do is hold yourself accountable. That's personally why I chose fitness as well is because fitness is a hobby. It's an interest of mine, but it's also a lifestyle. I personally love fitness because it it, uh, equipped me with accountability, perseverance, and dedication. Those are three things that we constantly have to work on and allowing myself to not only cultivate that in my workplace, but in my own personal practice is how I personally am finding sustainability. Sustainability. The same thing for Inaz with Project Unoya. She found value in the word Unoya for so many years. She applied it to her project, literally Project Unoya. <laughs> so it's just, it's really awesome to know that when you cultivate something from value interpersonally and where you find a lot of uh, like contentment from, it's going to repay you back tenfold. And that's why like sustainability in the workplace is so important. And I really don't believe 
the concept of modern day slavery is like a concept of boomers. No offense to boomers at all. I love the boomers. Um, but that's like such a hustle post-World War like mindset of like, you need to hustle, you need to provide, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And that's not where we are in this world. We're in a place in this world where we can actually pursue things we love, like social media marketing. That was never a thing when we were kids. Uh, podcast creator wasn't a thing. <laughs> like all of these different, really unique positions were cultivated based on people's wants and desires. And that is pure examples of pursuing passion over profit. A hundred percent. Sometimes you have to really create that uh, opportunity for yourself because sometimes there is no opportunity created. As Jay said, there was no podcast host or marketing um, back then, let's say in 2005, we didn't really understand that concept. I think we only, we just started getting into YouTube. That's when YouTube started getting popular and everyone just started wanting to become YouTubers and do all that type of stuff. And, you know, that's an opportunity that people have created for themselves is YouTube as an example. And when you don't find that in your daily life um, or in your the daily world, that's when you have to kind of step up and take charge. You have to understand where you're really coming from because if you don't know what you really like to do, there's obviously so much opportunity out there that you can really find discovery in and discover more about yourself. So when we take a look at that, it's really, it's harder said than done, but you know, what more can we do than really take in every opportunity, every inch of um, little thing that gives us that happiness inside of us? Because modern day slavery is insane. It happens so much. And I see so many people really depressed and not themselves at all. And it happens in other countries where it really leads to suicide. And that's when right now, I think during like this year and the past year, mental health has really become a huge thing in the workplace. And if you're lucky, you're going to have a workplace that's going to really support you in taking that leave of absence that Dre and I did to really work on ourselves and become better and understand what we need and what our limits are and just find happiness within ourselves because once you really take that job into you as you who you are as a human being that's gonna really consume you like completely if I was Thanos and I like snap my finger that's literally your job (laughs) like it consumes you completely and it was honestly, like years uh, going on and passed by that I didn't even realize that I would always work, work, work. And I never understood what modern day slavery even was. I didn't really even take that into consideration because I was like, "Mm, I'm a workaholic. I can do whatever I want. I'm getting paid. I'm getting that moolah, you know? And the thing is all that money I was getting, I just spent on stuff that I didn't really need and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And if it costs you your happiness, then you can't afford it. That's the number one thing. And 
I didn't take that into consideration. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be happy if I buy this in like two seconds and then I get bored of it in like a day. Um, But the thing is, is that job that you have that gave you what you have is something that can come later on in life as well. There's so many jobs that you can take on that it'll pay you to buy that certain happiness that you want. But some things that we don't really consider is what we want out of life, what we want out of that job. It's not what that job is going to bring us for materialistic things. You know, what we want out of that job is so important on our daily lives that we don't want it to really affect our mental health to the point where we have to, you know, commit suicide. That's like the number one thing I know. Like in Japan, holy cow. It's insane. It's crazy. Especially called like in Japan culture, like Japanese culture, Japan culture. Wow, so uncultured. <laughs> Japanese culture. So I apologize. Um, like it is so commonly ingrained, especially professionally and everything as well. It is so common for people to commit suicide based on their abundance of their attachment to work. And I'm not saying like specifically Japan has an issue or anything, but I'm just saying in general that emotional non-logic based attachment to your role is not healthy i would say a lot of the stress why people get attached to roles and especially higher paying gigs and corporate jobs is is they have a financial commitment to those roles a lot of times people live beyond their needs and i'm one of those people to be honest um i grew up not in the most privileged family i grew up from a second gen or first generation immigrant family and I also grew up biracial so I'm half native and half Chinese um I grew up with a single mom <laughs> which was crazy um and I remember working at Shoppers Drug Mart at the age of 15 and I saved up two paychecks two full paychecks not like partial two full paychecks and I went and bought my Louis Vuitton speedy bag which I still have to this day but like to this day, I don't even use it. And it was like, for me, it was more of like something I wanted materialistic and I got it. Great. Here I am 11 years later. It's still whatever. It's a bag, (laughs) but that's where financial freedom comes into to the topic, our conversation today, because financial freedom is something I personally am still learning. Like to this day, it's never a destination. It's a journey. It's a process. And I would say the biggest way to hold yourself accountable and detach yourself emotionally from your job is managing your finances. I know it sounds so stupid, like do a budget and like keep track of your spending. Honestly, ask my boyfriend this. I was the most resistant. I'm not even kidding. Me and my partner combined finances when we got more committed and we've been together for so many years now. It's crazy. We got engaged last year and about two or three years ago, we combined um, income. And so from there, we actually started doing full budgets. And when I say full budgets, I mean like categorize, subcategorize, split transactions up. I have over three years of data where I can see exactly how much money I spent coffee on every month, how many times I took transit, how many times I went to the gym and paid for that. There's so many different metrics that I did not have have before. And it really empowered me with financial freedom. Financial freedom doesn't mean having enough money to do everything you want to do. It's having that peace of mind to go to the store, treat yourself to that thing and not feel that guilt being like, oh my God, I just spent 50 bucks and yada, yada, yada. Like accepting that finances are variable. They're constantly going to change. And financial freedom is, is so important. It empowers you. It gives you metrics that are actionable. So you can really create actions from these. Plus it's going to hold you more than accountable. At the end of the day, if your account's empty, who has the card? <laughs> I feel attacked. 
That's so funny. Oh my gosh. I 100% agree. I was always like the type of person that never saved a dime and I would just spend, spend, spend. And I would spend it on like big, luxurious things, not like um, bags or anything. I never really bought myself anything designer. Honestly, I pat myself on the back for that. Um, but I, inter- I uh, would spend it on cars like big things like and then I would like screw myself over you know big time I think when I first started getting a car I since the first time I've had a new car every year and what? <laughs> I didn't know I'm talking a bit fast and furious here <laughs> I know exactly and it that was the type of thing that like cost me my happiness I would spend so much money. I think right now I'll kind of let you guys in on my car at the moment. Um, my car right now, it costs $800 a month, but it's because, <laughs> I know your face, it's because I made that decision to treat myself and I've never spent my money on anything ever. So I was like, you know what? This is the only thing I'm going to be spending money on constantly. But the thing I realized is I have the weirdest things at home that really don't make sense. Like I I have an iPad that I just use as a clock. You know? What? Like I'm I don't understand myself sometimes. <laughs> But that's like the type of thing that you really have to understand is this, these types of things isn't what's going to bring you happiness or anything, financial freedom whatsoever. It's understanding how, what you're going to do with your money in the long term is what matters. You know, these little mistakes that I made over the years, like that iPad that I literally use as a clock only, um, is a mistake that I did. But you know what? That's something that I've learned to never do again. And I just started spending my money on more important things like feeding myself and (laughs) putting shelter over my head and eating stuff. And the thing is, is when we don't really understand all that work that we put in um, every day, because we get paid bi-weekly. I don't know about you, Dre, but sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes people get paid like weekly or once a month, but me, I got paid bi-weekly and sometimes you don't really see the money happening every time you go into work and you only see it in that lump sum. And that's where it's hard to really consider saving. And when you save, let's say even $50, that amounts to so much over the years. But let's say you want to put that $50 towards like an Uber Eats delivery. You could do that every time and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so broke at the end. But then when you want to save that dollars, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so broke, but you still have money, you know? <laughs> Are you still attached right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Literally, no, I absolutely agree with that. Throwing so much shade at myself right now. <laughs> 
I know I can feel it. I feel it too. So it's getting spicy in here. <laughs> um, but honestly, same. Like, I actually just ordered Uber Eats like the other day. It's the first time since December. I used to order it almost every other night with my boyfriend because, like, I don't cook a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. And so, like, for me, it's really easy. But then when I realized, like, okay, I can buy dinner for two, 50 bucks. That's I get paid personally like $24 an hour. So that's like two hours of work. So would I work two hours for this like crappy burrito bowl? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) And that's like the big thing is remembering when we are buying is the value of time versus profit. Like you may be working for an hour. You may be doing 40 hours at the end of the week. But if you're buying something that's worth 20 hours of your work, that's half a week's work. Like that's crazy. And so understanding the value of financial freedom and understanding how to cultivate that and really manage it is, is what's going to give you the most power, like for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I've bought some pretty dumb things in my life. The amount of handbags I've bought myself in as is enough for both of us combined. Like <laughs> I'm so regretful of so many things that I've bought and I wish I could just like return them. <laughs> but um, for me, they hold a lot of value. Like they hold a lot of emotional value for me, especially like my, my smaller goods <laughs> and my designer bags, because I remember growing up looking at these things and being like, fuck, I really want that. And like, I remember like growing up, oh my God, so embarrassing. <laughs> I used to like go to like Holt Renfro and like try things on, go make friends with the sales associates and all these stores. And it came to a point where they knew my name at the Chanel counter, at the Guerlain counter, at all these counters. Yet I never bought a thing. I like would buy one or two things every couple of months because I have to save up. But I am very grateful for those relationships, those professional relationships. because I was actually able to continue networking with those people in the future when I got into that industry. So no matter what you're doing, the financial freedom doesn't restrict you from what you want. It's a matter of finding value and finding ways to incorporate that value into your purchasing. So that's why when I buy a coffee, I don't think like I'm buying a $5 coffee. I think like, okay, I'm buying energy to get X, Y, and Z done. That's why I find value in coffee. I know coffee is a weird example, but that's probably one of my biggest expenses. (laughs) great example like I don't drink coffee personally but I let's say I'll go to Starbucks and I'll get like a hot chocolate or whatever that's like one thing that I would constantly spend money on and I was like holy cow I don't even care what I'm spending money on regarding food but then when it comes to like more important things like bills I'll be like uh do I really want to put like anything towards that and I'll spend like a hundred dollars on like jeans. <laughs> there's there's priorities that you have to set in place for yourself. And Dre's right. Like if you don't want to take time and working that like two hours to feed yourself this like one meal, then don't do it. You know, there's so many things like once you do get enough money over the long run and when you're comfortable enough, you can buy whatever you want. If you that dream car that you want, you, you can have it. That new uh, bag that you want, you can have anything that you want. But during the times that you truly need um, that support, especially for yourself, that's when you really have to take into consideration the amount of hours that you're putting in. And that's when we kind of go back to modern day slaveries. We're, con- we're constantly consuming ourselves with things that we don't need. And we don't think about it. And 
we put ourselves in a rut where we're constantly being like, oh, I'm broke. I don't know any, like, I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Like, I don't know the amount of times I've cried over money, Dre, is insane. <laughs> like, sometimes I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, there's nothing more to life. Like, I can't even afford to pay my phone bill. But at the same time, that phone bill that I needed to pay, I used on something else, you know? So there's things that you really have to take into consideration because, you know, you can pay your bills, you can do whatever you want, except don't constantly place yourself in those difficult situations because we do it to ourselves. Yep. 100%. We love putting ourselves in difficult situations. We love making ourselves feel bad and we love doing shitty things to ourselves. And we don't really realize it until it happens and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm like crying and I don't know what to do with my life anymore. But when you really consider that you actually can, you have the money that you need and you have whatever it takes to really accomplish what you need to accomplish, except don't put yourself in that rut where you think that you're not going to, because once you think that you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, and you're going to put that money that you've worked these five hours for into something that you don't need. So don't turn yourself into a slave, be free, you know, it's, I say this all the time, it's easier said than done, but it's really a mind thing. Once you, I always like try to manipulate myself into thinking that um, it's not good enough for me. Like I stopped getting Starbucks. Um, I never get Starbucks again, because honestly, Starbucks Starbucks is crap. (laughs) Yeah. And it's mostly popular for its coffee. And I don't drink coffee. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, (laughs) what's the point of this? And I stopped eating out constantly because I'm like, honestly, I love my homemade sandwiches. Like, I don't know how to cook at all. So (laughs) whenever I would make lunch for myself for work, I would have like a peanut butter sandwich and apples. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to eat my homemade lunch. And I would like... (laughs) manipulate my mind into thinking that the food court was disgusting and nasty and Starbucks was disgusting and nasty. And that allowed me to kind of stop buying from them. So it's really what you put your mind to thinking, right? It's exactly, all a yeah. mind game. At the exactly. End. You have to really understand the value of your purchases as well. Too. Oftentimes people are emotionally by like emotionally biased when they're making spending decisions the biggest thing is to remove yourself from that narrative and try to view it from an external perspective and understand the long-term repercussions of it as well i used to have like the worst uh spending habits ever like i'm not even kidding my boyfriend and i look at back at the budget and he's like how the f did you get your hair cut every single week why did you go to the spa four times this week why did you get a facial at work all this like dumb things i didn't need because i was trying to live beyond my means 
Mm-hmm. I remember it's actually really funny. We actually just had this conversation yesterday. My partner's name is Graham. For those who don't know, my little my little G bear, I love him. Um, we used to do what was called allowances. So when we first combined our income, my only rule of combining income was I can get my haircuts every week, <laughs> and I get my allowance. Those were the only things I cared about, and that showed you where my priorities were lying then and there. Um, and I used we used to get a hundred dollars every week just to I would call it free money, which just shows you the perspective I was in. <laughs> Um, but last night we were just talking because I remember he used to save up his allowance and then he would have like four or five hundred, six hundred bucks saved up. And I'd be like, what the F? Like so envious and so mad. And I used to be like, you're cheating. <laughs> and like not like cheating on me, but like cheating on the budget. Because in my head, I was like free money. Do what you want. And then in his head, he understood the value of that money and saved it and really cultivated it for the future. And it took me a long time to get there and understand that. But I really appreciate having um, feedback. The biggest thing when you're working with financial freedom and avoiding modern day slavery and understanding how to manage your workplace as well is keeping track of your budget. I use an app called YNAB, Y-N-A-B. You need a budget is what it's called. Like, I'm not even kidding. Anyone wants to join, let me know. I get a month for free if I refer you. Um, but it's a really great way to hold yourself accountable, as I mentioned before. And as I said before, where your energy goes, your focus flows. Or your, or yeah, where your energy goes, your focus flows. Um, so when you focus your energy on holding yourself accountable and knowing how to reprimand those actions from the past, not feeling guilty, but just moving with them and going with them, it's going to give you a lot more power and strength for it. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I'm so glad we kind of talked about that because, like, when we're younger, we don't understand what money is at all. And we kind of just, sometimes we don't want to work at all. We just want to, it was easier to live off our parents and uh, use their money because we thought money just grew on trees. Like I'll kind of give you an example. Um, I don't know if you remember IMVU when we were young, I would take my mom's card and just buy whatever I wanted. I would just spend 20, 30 bucks. And she'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? It's just like money doesn't grow on trees. And when my, back then my mom would be cleaning bars and doing a lot of things that's like heavy work. So I didn't really understand that money was hard to achieve. I thought that we just got money and it just, came out of nowhere um but she would be constantly working she would go to work at like 12 in the morning and then she wouldn't come back till six in the morning and sometimes we would go and help her and I would just be like oh I don't want to do this I would just like be lazy and I would just like vacuum shattered glass shattered floors and blah 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 because I was at a bar and I think I was like less than 10 years old at that time so I didn't know anything and Dre came from a non-wealthy family as as did I like I grew up with a single mother as well so it was hard to understand that money just kind of came from working so much because my mom was working so so much that she just didn't really care about how much she would have to spend on us. She was very giving and um, she would allow us to be like, oh, do you want this? Do you want that? And I'd be like, yes, 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 yes to everything. And so I would just take money from her and I would be like, you know, money just came out of nowhere. And um, 
that really played a role in how I kind of grew up personally, because I understood that, holy cow, work is tremendous, no matter what you're doing, because my an immigrant mom is working constantly by herself in the middle of nowhere at night at a random bar and who knows what could happen. There's like drunk people everywhere. And she's obviously wearing um, a headscarf, a hijab, and, you know, people are kind of racist. So anything could happen to her. Um, So I didn't really see the value in money at that time. I was like, you know, she's just going, doing something and I don't know, she gets paid whatever, like, I'm just gonna take 20 bucks, like, that's not a big deal. But being who I am right now, $20 is a lot. (laughs) Like, I'm not gonna spend $20 on something I don't need. And if I have to, then I have to. But that's what it all really comes down to understanding where money really comes from. Because when we were young, we don't understand that we were just spend, spend, spend as Dre did with his uh, designer bags, as I did with a bunch of other useless stuff. <laughs> I, we really didn't care. We didn't understand. But now that we have to live through it and we have to constantly work hard, and we went through the modern day slavery phase, right? So understanding that now is like, a whole new world has opened up. So I'm I'm glad that we're talking about it because kids these days, in my opinion, (laughs) they are a whole new different species. You know, are they, what are they called? Gen Z? Gen Z. And then there's like another one after that. And here we are like aging ourselves like (laughs) tenfold. In my head, I'm like 13, still going to Fox and like, in Mr. Lindsay Pretorti's class having a crush on him in like grade seven. So like, I'm still the same person, Lindsay, if you want to call. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And also Mr. Sam Groves, our gym teacher, Melissa Yamnik. I love all those people. <laughs> That's adorable. Oh my gosh. See, like... Mr. We- Pretorti though. Remember Mr. Pretorti? Yes. Oh Remember we God. all found out his name is Lindsay and we're mind blown? <laughs> I hope they watch this. Awkward. <laughs> That's so funny. I, then you guys uh, might not know. Me and Dre have known each other since elementary, and elementary is like grade six to seven. No, what? That's oh, grade seven. Old. We met in grade seven, actually. So junior high. Technically, still, I don't know. Elementary. Yeah. School. So not elementary. Sorry. That's uh until grade six so yes grade seven and um we've had like an amazing friendship ever since and the thing is is we being completely different people ourselves we were still we still had the same habits which is spending and not understanding stuff um even though completely different personalities where dre would just go and shop at designer places i would use that money towards like food and I don't know one time like I would order Domino's and I would order like two extra large pizzas for myself and I would finish that like how insane I remember I used to order Domino's like when I lived in Banff and because in Banff the only good takeout is Domino's (laughs) and I used to order like medium like triple meat double cheese 
pan pizza and I would eat the whole thing to myself. Plus I'd order my boyfriend one. I'd eat half of his. And I remember when I, before I went plant-based, like I, at the beginning of this pandemic, I tried to do the same thing. And I remember just eating his pizza and I just sat there and I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. Like, like, (laughs) sorry to call it this people who eat whole pizza still, but like, it is such a bad habit because not only like, is it bad for you physically, but it's just not good for you at all. Spiritually, emotionally, kinetically, whatever. It's just not there for you, sis. It may be great on the taste buds. I will admit that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know this is kind of off topic, but have you ever had Senior's Pizza? In Calgary? Yeah. Yeah, I've had it when we lived in Calgary. Yeah, it's really good. I love how deep dish there is, like the thick crust. Okay, so being like... I am a huge pizza person, but the first time I ever had seen yours, I had one slice and I woke up in the middle of the night, I think like three, four in the morning and I puked all over my bed. It was (laughs) disgusting. I realized after that, I'm like, I cannot continue. Like this is disgusting, oily. Oh my gosh. Oh just thinking about it right now gives me shivers. Like I never want it to happen again. (laughs) It's like stuff like that. Like it's not worth it. You know, the things that you put in your body. Oh my gosh. I know me and my roommates are trying to become vegan. Um, it's hard because I love (laughs) plant-based best here. I know. I'm sorry, Dre. I love me so much. So it's so hard right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Off topic, but it's totally okay. Socially, like you're pressured to eat all these things, but like back in like the seventies, eighties, like those are great sources of protein. But now in the day and age we are, there's no excuse to not eat plant-based like at all. Like you have conscious decision over what you consume. And the way I look at animal like, welfare is animals can't consent. They can't say yes. They can't say no. They have no idea what's going on. And who are we to say you're done? just for a bacon sandwich. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying people who eat it is horribly wrong. I'm just saying in the age of 2021, conscious consumption plays into wellness. It plays into the way our external environments are impacted. If you haven't watched Seaspiracy yet, watch it. Oh, I heard that I'm going to be extremely sad after I watch it. You're going to cry. Like It's a spiritual journey. <laughs> Um, because they speak to like bycatch, they speak to like the like the deforestation of the ocean floor and how much impact it has on the environment. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing to me is, as humans, eighty percent of the ocean is still undiscovered. Yet, like forty percent of it is already destroyed. We're destroying it before we can even explore it, which is so crazy. And like the biggest pollution in like the ocean isn't even like straws, which we think it's literally fishermen's nets. Like, and all of these big companies, like the tuna certification company, all these other big companies are partnered with these giant corporations to defend them. And the whole propaganda of straws polluting turtles that was created by the, like the seafood industry to cultivate and deter from what the actual problem is. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's literally conspiracies. Like the more conscious you have, like, the, the biggest thing is personal training as well, too, in fitness. 80% of the demographic of client is obese and overweight. Over 80% of Americans are obese, which is crazy. The most common injury is an ACL and MCL injury because of the fact the body cannot withstand the weight load. And that's socially and like it's an economic thing as well, too, of like what people are pushed to doing. The, the national like 
food guide America of America, their food guide is literally designed for you to get sick, to pay for these top seven diseases, such as cancer, hypertrophy, diabetes. These are pushed down our throats, literally, which is crazy. But anyways, that's a tangent for another, another podcast. <laughs> Everything around us, it's all politics, you guys, like everything. <laughs> everything even when we go back to talking about careers even in the workplace everything is politics and um so you gotta make face make friends (laughs) that's one thing I always like take with me is that connections are 100% the most important things that you can you know, get in uh, a workplace environment uh, to really help you overall in the future with career wise or anything that you want to do. Because once you make that connection, you can take it with you long term, no matter who you meet, it could be anyone because let's say, for example, I worked at Cineplex and we're all just like little cast members. That's what they called us. And we were just part-timers and doing all these little tasks. But let's say one other cast member of mine is just doing part-time stuff, doesn't really have anything going for themselves. But 10, 5, 10 years in the future, they've built a huge uh company for themselves done stuff for themselves done so much to improve who they are as a person you know you can take that with you and use that connection to help you on in the future one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that it's not all about um using people (laughs) if I could say it's yeah, your tech, it's like half, half. We're not using people to, uh, in a bad way. We're using people in a good way because we also want to be used. Okay. I'm going to go into a little thing because when we want to be used, we want to be used in a good way. If someone is asking you for a referral, that's a really good, like, that's a compliment to yourself because you know that you're referencing someone and being someone that can help them move on and get the career that they want. Um, Even though you're not much and you don't have like stability in your life or anything, but being somebody that can help someone else out, that can come back to you in so many more ways. You know, just being someone for other people can come back to you as someone else can do the same exact thing for you. You know, we're not using people in bad ways. We're using each other to improve ourselves, to help ourselves and to build ourselves to become more successful individuals, you know? And um, I think Dre agrees with me on this because you've, uh, I know you've told me before, you've made so many connections when you would just like visit the mall. Yeah, actually, connection for me is probably my favorite thing. And, like, the thing is with connection is the way I look at it, it's like a friendship. Like, it's just really fun. Like, I love meeting people. And the crazy thing is I can retain so much information about people personally. So when I make a connection with a client, a colleague, uh, a superior or a subordinate, whatever, um, I really value those relationships. Whether I get a negative response from it or a positive, I take what I can from those connections and adapt them to our own lives. 
speaking to more uh, in depth of internal and external environments, our colleagues, our staffs, our friends, our family, those are all external influences to us. This is what we surround ourselves with. It's where we pull our inspiration from, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. And that's why connections are really important because you never want to burn a bridge like ever because you're never going to know when you have to go back down that path again, whether it's to get a reference, to even get your pay stub, like something most minimal. Like you need to respect connection. And that's the biggest thing for me is I'm not going to lie. I've had some pretty bad experiences in the past where I've just cut it. I have like a really, ever really emotional based logic. And when I feel like my emotional boundaries are crossed, I take it extremely personally. And that has bleeding into workplaces in the past. But the thing is, I never let that affect my connections. Although I might have not left a role in the most ideal ways, the people, the memories, the the activities I did there, those are the things that I'll return, I'll hold on to the most in the future. That's why like connection professionally is really great because LinkedIn is a great platform to use because not only does it allow you to celebrate and show a, a tangible proof of your connection, but it's a great way to keep in contact with people as well. Speaking to a connection I made working in the cosmetic retail industry, I worked with this beautiful district manager. She is the sweetest human I've ever met. And to this day, she's still a contact of mine. I still have her on all my social media. I still have her on LinkedIn. And the great thing is our paths have crossed again now that I'm in a new industry. Going from retail and cosmetics where literally I sold $300 face creams to doing fitness. Christelle is doing the same thing. Her name is Christelle, by the way. She now is working in the fitness industry and she's working and managing a huge series of stores here in Quebec. And they do a lot of in-store demonstrations. And she reached out to me because she knows where I am now. So that being said, connections are ever growing. They're ever evolving. They're ever changing and never destroy them. Speaking of connection as well, Meaning Naz's connection goes way back. Like we didn't know four or five months ago that we'd be collaborating on this podcast. And here we are maintaining that connection, regardless of distance, social barriers and economic barriers, whatever's going on, it's still there. That's the biggest thing. Connection is, it's going to be the strongest force in the world. An example of this is, you know, when you're around someone in a badass mood and they're like grumpy and fuming and you can see the steam coming out of their ears, you feel that immediately speaking to the molecule, the molecule thing that Inaz said earlier. As humans, we are nothing but kinetic energy. We're ever moving energy. Our bodies are everything, but technically speaking on a micro level, they're nothing at the same time, which is like to get real spiritual with it. (laughs) But that being said, connections are great because if you find a really great connection and maintain it, it's going to pay back tenfold. If it's genuine, if it's authentic and you understand the value of that connection, like it's, it's, it's amazing. (laughs) It's you really have to think that after you're done school, like this is kind of like a message for the younger ones who are looking to really find what they want to do after what you want to do doesn't, doesn't matter at all. You know, at that age, when you're young, you can do whatever you want because these skill sets, these, um, things that you take with you will go with you in the future. And so what, when you look at the bigger picture, you have to see it as just fun environment that's going to bring you a whole lot of adventure and a lot of possibilities and a lot of friendships because we're all in this world um, on earth together. And who knows what else is out there, but for now, we're kind of stuck together. So we have to find we have to use our resources to the best that we can. And if that means that we have to 
you know, befriend that person that's super angry or super distraught, you know, customer service plays a huge role in that because we can allow them to feel happiness even just for a short time. And that angry person or that individual will take you in the back of their head for years on years. And who knows, you might get a call one day to do something amazing. You know, there's so much opportunity in this world. And the way that you treat people is so important. The way that you treat the environment around you is so important um, for anybody at whatever age, honestly, at this point, because no matter age that you are, even if you're 80 and you want to start something new, you can do whatever you want. Just find fun in everything. You know, nothing is supposed to bring you darkness and fear and distraught emotions. You know, it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be a happy, outgoing um, place for you. And that's what you have to build for yourself. You know, it's all in your mind. So if you're going to consume yourself and all that negative energy, that negative energy is going to really empower you to become more negative. But when you look at the bigger picture that we're all the same, we're all human beings, and we're all just out here to build ourselves to become more successful to do something with our lives. Because, you know, none of us want to be depressed, none of us want to fall back and constantly take a step forward to take three steps back you know we don't want that oh my gosh I see a tail <laughs> dog just came to say it <laughs> oh, so cute oh. <laughs> um as I was saying nothing as we just saw right here everything is supposed to be just joyful and easygoing and if you do that for yourself you have no idea. Your life will just be surrounded by goodness. And I feel like I say this constantly and constantly and constantly. It's easier said than done, but it's just put your mind to it. You know, it's all about easygoing happiness. Everyone wants to be happy. You know, I I kind of used this example to somebody, some one of my friends and she's, terrified of driving on highways and I told her I'm like you know I don't think anybody wants to purposely get into a car accident you know (laughs) everyone wants to like get to where they are safely and if you know what you're doing if you know that you can drive safely then you can help yourself unless there's one in five or ten chances actually that's pretty pretty high and getting an accident I'm gonna just say one in like (laughs) one in like a hundred where you'll actually get into a car accident um that's maybe a mistake on your side and the other person who knows but nobody actually wants uh problems for themselves no one actually wants to get hurt nobody wants to feel bad about anything it's all a mental game that we have to play with ourselves to become more happy to find success within ourselves, within other people and um, build connections, build relationships that are amazing, that are meaningful, that you can bring with you in the future. Um, But yeah, I'm 
like just so happy that I have Dre here with me today to talk about this because this was such an important topic for all of us. I think especially during this time because not a lot of people know what they want to do and I feel like a lot of people think that they need to do something to feel um, valued or accomplished but as long as you're in it for yourself that's that's honestly that's all that matters at the end of the day. Exactly. You got to do it for you because at the end of the day, when you're laying your headband in your bed, regardless of if you have a partner or not, you're just by yourself. <laughs> like, I hate to say that, but that's where you find like the human connection and everything as well. It's really important to maintain that because as you has said, like you can, you can show that little bit of kindness for me, kindness and compassion are things that can break barriers through language, culture, anything. Being kind and shooting a smile, it's not verbal. It's welcoming. It is the nicest thing you can do. And it's honestly so sweet. I have a quote I have lived and breathed by since I was a kid. And it's, uh, people may not remember what you said or what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. So always try to make people feel great. Even if you don't feel awesome, just checking in, genuinely checking in with people. When I ask someone how they are, I'm like, hey, how are you? And they're like, good. I'm like, no, genuinely, like, how are you? <laughs> like, how are you doing? Not you good, you bad, like genuinely what's going on. And it's so funny because like in retail, I had a fun habit. I used to do this to troll, but I also do it still anyways. Uh, whenever people came into the store, I'd be like, oh my God, finally you're here. And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, I've been waiting for you like all day. <laughs> like people get so confused, but it's just like a little jo- a moment of joy. And it really makes me happy. And like, I always used to say when people, cus- customers were leaving the store, I'd be like, Bye, I love you. I'll miss you. <laughs> and to this day, like, I still say I love you to people I don't even fucking know because I love them for what they offer to me. I may not be romantically in love and in lust with you, but I love you as a person. Like, I genuinely love people. That's what makes me so happy. <laughs> love is such a strong word, honestly. At the end of the day, it's all about love. It's all about how you treat people because a hundred percent, as Dre said, people will take back um, how you made them feel. And that's like the number one thing, even if it happened like 10 years ago, they'll still remember you for that exact thing. You know, anything that you say or do can impact someone's life um, in a bad or in a good way. So just take that into consideration, you know, with work, with school, with your daily life, do anything that is possible to just bring happiness in your life. You know, it is just a fleeting feeling, but the thing is, is it's an awesome feeling that we all love having and, you know, smiling uses the least amount of muscles in your face. So, um, I always tell myself that as soon as I wake up, I should put a smile on my face that allows me to have an improved self of uh, um, self sense of my emotional attachment to my surroundings. So as long as I smile, I know I'm going to have a good day, you know, always tell yourself that you're going to have a good day. Give yourself some affirmations, who knows, uh, to make yourself feel good. But at the end of the day, you matter. And if you're not happy, take a step back and understand what you can do for yourself to really push that negative feeling past what uh, you, you're feeling. Because the thing is, is 
there's only one life that you can live. And if you use it to your advantage, you can accomplish so many things. So we don't know if we're going to die and live again to be somebody that's, I don't know, reincarnated to something else. We have no idea what the afterlife is like, if there is one at all. So the thing that we can only really do right now is to take that into consideration and live our life to the fullest. And if we're going to live our life in a negative way, it's going to be downhill from there. So, yeah. Yeah, Thank- live a full fantasy always. Like, create the environment you want. Bullshit until you get where you want to go. Because at the end of the day, your head, your thoughts, your mind, you have full control over that. Like, that's why I always say, like, I'm delusional is because I'm literally delusional. I refuse to accept where I'm at and I think of where I want to go. And that applies to everything, like, everything. A hundred percent. Um, anyways, we're honestly finishing up now. And I just wanted to say, Thank you so, so, so much for Dre, for being here with me today. You are amazing. You're the light of my life. I literally love you with all my heart. Oh, thank you, Inez. I love you too. I appreciate you beyond your physical being. I appreciate your mind, your heart, your soul, your compassion, your kindness, but especially your understanding. You're such a really great person. And I hope people realize with Project Unoya, it's not another one of these like bullshit motivational podcasts. Like it's speaking about the nitty gritty. It's normalizing these conversations and it allows for people to open up. And the biggest thing is to remember the human, the humanity, the human side of humanity, as I've said before. <laughs> we're all humans we're all the same we're all kin if we can say in a non-weird way (laughs) but I am just so grateful to have uh, Dre here by my side to really express that and bring that to life because there's not enough people in this world that really understand that and I am just so grateful to be surrounded by such amazing people and such an amazing person right in front of me right here so thank you you guys look forward to the next episode um dre will 100% be back i know you guys love him already as i do and we're going to be talking about other awesome things and um i really hope that you guys took something out of this conversation today that you learned lots because I feel like it's such an important conversation that we had. It's so amazing. So thank you. Of course. Thank you, Ina. So thank you guys. I love you. Have an amazing day.